the best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. How, how would you argue if Johnny Sexton was to go and win a World Cup with Ireland and lead them to it that he wouldn't be the greatest? Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We've got Sam Lee with us. Sam, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, very well. Thanks. Um, I'm saying the goal is one of the best goals I've ever seen. That like there's there's kind of a we're becoming a little bit too accustomed to the level of genius that we're seeing. But it's it's that good. That finish. Like we shouldn't take it for granted. We shouldn't just go. Oh, he's a superhero, so he can do that. We should be mouth agape at that. I think. Yeah, I actually did take it for granted a bit. It's only like waking up again this morning and looking at the reaction to it and his interviews and things and just thinking, yeah, that was that was a special goal. Um, he has he has tried it a few times recently. Um, I think against Sevilla last week. Um, I remember speaking to people who've been at the game and you know with the fans and they were like, why why did he try and kick it that time when he could have headed it? And I was like, yeah, he does that a lot. And I think he did it in the Community Shield as well, that famous game, semi-famous game, where people were like, oh, what's going on with him? Um, so, yeah, he's got it in his locker, you could say. And afterwards, Guardiola said it reminded him of a goal that Johan Cruyff scored against Atletico Madrid. He said, his dear, Guardiola said, his dear friend Ibrahimovic had the ability to put his foot on the ceiling and be elastic. And Haaland is the same. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Haaland is, in terms of being mouth agape, when he was young, he wasn't big, he wasn't massive. But he was a great finisher because he had the right instincts. He had the right movements. He knew how to get the advantage over bigger, more physical defenders purely through his movement and positioning and the timing of his runs. And then obviously he became massive. And not just that, or massive and fast, unbelievably fast. But not just that, as we saw last night. He just had this incredible elasticity. So it's not just bursting away from defenders and finding the space and the right timing. But if the ball is six feet in the air, he doesn't necessarily have to head it, which is incredible. And it does make him quite the sight. And yeah, 13 goals in eight games. It's all about uh, the, I mean, I knew he'd score lots of goals, but I didn't think he'd get this many. It's all so, about the assist, so though, Sam, isn't it? It's, I mean, we've been having this conversation this morning. It's all about the Cancelo assist, surely. Yeah, but then it's, it's one of those where if the ball's six feet in the air... Is it is it perfect? But then he could have just headed it, I suppose. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that Cancelo assist. Talking about things that people try often, Cancelo he does like to do that increasingly. It was funny actually because whenever Bernardo Silva passed him the ball, I mean, I'm sure this was just the best the best pass in the situation. But he was always giving it to him on his right foot, so he'd have to curl it inwards, like more traditionally with you know with his toes, with his instep, that kind of thing. Um, but he got the ball from Nathan Ake in a load of space and he thought, okay, well, Bernardo's not forced me to use the inside of my foot now, so I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to use the outside of the foot, which he did in that game against Everton last season for the Raheem Sterling goal. He did it in the build-up to another Haaland goal against Forest, I think, two weeks ago. Um, yeah, he loves he loves doing that. And it, it's one of those, isn't it? You know when people say, oh, people are showing off with back heels or whatever it may be. Sometimes it's just the best option. Sometimes it's the most effective method of getting the ball to where you want it to go. Was that and period? I think with Cancelo, he's so adept at doing that 
he can do it. He's not showboating. Just crack on. There was a bit where Bernardo Silva looked like he was able to walk on the ball as well, where he just ran into the ball and the ball stopped, and then he flicked oh, it. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, there was just a level that they brought the game to, maybe because they were inspired to bring the game to it by Dortmund. Um, so to, <clears throat> we were talking earlier about you know does does the arrival of Haaland guarantee a Champions League? And does it you know maybe if they win three out of the next four, you can say yeah, well it turns out it did. And until they do it, you can't say they've done it. But um, I did think the early stages in the game, there was a bit of a template for what you need to do against City. That Dortmund were really, 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 really good. And that hopefully the rest of Europe, from a competitive standpoint, is looking at that going, OK, well, let's, let's put it up to City in the way that Dortmund did. And let's see if a moment of absolute sublime genius uh, is going to separate them from us at the end. Am I right? Is there a way... Is there something specifically in that first half with the the energy and the hunting and packs and the discipline um, and just even the street smarts to, to drop when they needed to drop from uh, from the Dortmund defence midfield that will give Pep a challenge as the season progresses? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Normally, you know, normally it's in the Premier League and it'll be managers of clubs that aren't expected to beat City and they'll say, look, you need City to have an off day and we need to play to our absolute maximum to have any chance. And that's... <laughs> pretty much what happened last night but City still won anyway um, City were terrible for definitely an hour I've never been bored at a City match before I've sat there plenty of times you know over seven years and thought they're not playing well today this isn't this isn't very good it's not quite clicking but I've never been bored I don't think or not for a long time but the first half was terrible um, they were no good they didn't really improve until the, about the hour mark when the subs came on and then they got a bit better, but it was only until you know it was only until Stones flashed one in from twenty yards that it, they actually sparked the fight back. So they weren't very good, but yes, they still won. In terms of Dortmund's approach, they were very good. Um, I'm not saying it was similar to Atletico Madrid's because Atletico Madrid back in April were very deep, um, didn't really counter attack at all until part of the second half. Um, but that, yeah, being compact, denying those spaces between you know the defence and the midfield, so De Bruyne and Gundogan can't drop in and get on the ball. Yeah, those those kind of ways, you know, they do frustrate City. They can frustrate, well, they'll frustrate anybody. You know, defending in a low block, and then if you counter attack with pace, you know, if, if PSG can do that, be that disciplined, but then counter attack with Mbappe and Neymar and Messi, then it's so much harder than even you know playing against. You know, West Ham were a good counter-attacking team. Leicester were a better counter-attacking team well, when Leicester are playing well. But then if you add in the best players in the world on the break who aren't just fast and know how to counter but have got high individual quality, that's where you start to get issues. Real Madrid could do it as well with, with their pace. Um, so there are there are ways. But I think the thing with City is it's just relentless. Like against Atletico Madrid in the game at the Etihad, you know, when they defended like with a 5-5 formation, Chances were so hard to come by, but City will just keep going. They will just keep doing the right things until you know something tells. And they've started adding this edge to their game in the last couple of months, going back to the last couple of games of last season, where if they're behind, they can keep going and going and going and get the goals they need. And by that point, you know the momentum is kind of against you, and you just you're kicking the ball out. You're doing the right things as a defensive side, but it just keeps coming back. Um, so yeah. They, there are going to be teams that could be competitive against City. There will be teams that give them problems. And, you know, as we saw with the Real Madrid um, tie last season, which I think City deserved to win over the two legs, they didn't. I know that's kind of elite level Champions League Real Madrid magic, 
So maybe it's not something that every team can replicate. But look, if City play Liverpool over two legs, you can see Liverpool shading it. Um, I've gone out against Tottenham in recent years, Leon, uh, I'd say City are better than they were then now. And they've got Haaland as well. But you talked about guarantee the Champions League. There, there, aren't, you, there aren't no guarantees in football, as you know. And you know, Until City do win the Champions League, it's something they have to overcome because when they got to the final, they were massively overawed by the experience. And then you know, they found out that even when they were close to doing it again, there's still teams like Real Madrid. So, yeah, there's, yeah they, weren't, they weren't good enough last night, even though they won to start thinking it's going to be that easy I wouldn't have thought Sam I, I think I recall you speaking before about um, Jack Grealish and Riyad Mahrez slowing the game down for City sometimes when they get on the ball yeah. uh, it was quite obvious last night it's certainly in the, in the early por- por- portions of the game as well and, and I'll almost go and say Mahrez looked like maybe there was a lack of effort at points during the match as well like what, what what do you do with those two players now? Is it, is it an extended run on the bench is the only solution? Because Grealish particularly has been... Well, he hasn't been the Grealish that City would have hoped for. Grealish is... The thing that... what Maris first. Maris has been here for years and he's been a, like, a really good player for City. So if he drops below that level, you can say, OK, what's going on there? Um, and he has dropped below that level. But at the start of last season, he couldn't get a game for love nor money, really. But he played in the Champions League, and I think he got five goals in six games in the group stage. Um, but obviously, he's not had that kind of saviour this time. Um, Grealish, you know, first season is always always about adapting. You know, I think every single Guardiola forward, even midfielder, got even some of the defenders, have needed a year to settle in. He's just coming back off an injury. Played well enough, bright enough against Sevilla last season, last week. Sorry. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously last night you're hoping for him to build on that and you're hoping for him to be this kind of whirlwind maverick talent that he was at Aston Villa. And, you know, that is still the goal. You know, they still want him to get more goals, get more assists, be more decisive. Um, last night he didn't have a great game. Um, in terms of what to do with him, a run on the bench, um, I think both of them, you need to kind of play them into form and there's a, there'll be enough games after the international break to rotate for that. Um, but again... Look, they were charged with doing a lot last night. They were charged with getting the play going individually and they didn't do it. They didn't have good games. But just nothing really worked last night. You know, the in, inverting wingers, but without any kind of natural width because, um, you know, Cancelo's inclined to come inside on his right foot. John Stones isn't going to get forward and provide that kind of threat from right back. The two centre-backs are not the best ball-playing centre-backs at City. Um, Gundogan and De Bruyne couldn't get on the ball like nobody could really get things going um, and then I don't know when Foden and Bernardo and Alvarez came on they certainly injected pace and energy but at the same time City needed pace and energy because they were losing they only had one option it was okay we need to up this um, so yeah in terms of slowing the game down that is an important thing but I think last night it was too slow um, and the, the good thing about the subs was they couldn't just play too fast you know, it wasn't just about go on and run around and inject loads of energy into it. Because if City had suddenly been too direct and started trying to find Haaland all the time or trying to beat men individually with Foden uh, and Alvarez, then it would have played into Dortmund's hand and they would have had problems on the counter-attack. So I think it showed that slowing the game down is good. But last night was too slow as a function of the whole team, I think. Um, the good thing about the subs was they didn't put too much speed and energy into it. Um, but I'm on Grealish I still think it's early days you know, he has been injured this season so maybe I'm running out of time to say the second season will be better but he's doing a lot of things that 
that Guardiola needs. You know, that slowing the game down is not something that a lot of people would appreciate. Nobody says, oh, that Jack Rulis is amazing, isn't it? He's, he slows the game down. And nobody's ever going to say that. But it's important for Guardiola. Nobody's ever going to say, oh, Jack Rulis is really good, isn't he? Because he sucks other men to him and then he gives the ball to Rodri. Like, nobody cares. But Guardiola cares and it is important. Um, I, I would like to think that as we go through this second season, he will be much better. And I'm, I'm still going to say it's early days because we're, we're, what, 13 games in? No, maybe less. So is I'm, I'm, I'm counting Haaland's goals there, so less. <laughs> um, but Grealish, he hasn't had that many because he's been injured, so we'll see. Is the, is the ambition still that he will do some of the things that he was good at at Villa and also do other things in the Guardiola yeah. system? Cause it, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- just to give you a flavour of the comments, it's like, oh, they've turned him into a player who's the opposite of what he was at Villa. Why are they stopping him doing the things he was good at? And that's like a, a view that's definitely out there from people who are watching going... You know, it's, it'd be unusual for you to buy something that you know is really good and then ask him to do something entirely different. What they're saying is they can get him to do something different and layer on the stuff that he was capable of in the first place. Yeah, well, I mean, he's never going to be the Villa player because, you know, he, he got... Well, I can't remember if, if this is a stat or it was something like this, but when he played for Villa, obviously he had like a high percentage of the touches when they're attacked because they would look for him and they would find it. But obviously at City, they look for him at the right moment. And not normally at City, they build up down the left-hand side just so they could switch it to the right-hand side. So Mares or whoever is in loads of space. So that, that's what I mean about Greedy's getting the ball and men coming to him. And then he gives it to Rodri or he gives it back to Cancelo and they put it to the other side. That's exactly what he's supposed to do. So those things, you know, he's not going to have a, as much of the ball as he did at Villa because it's just a completely different thing. You know, there's not loads of space to run into. There's not loads of transitions when he plays for City. It is a different game. He does have to adapt. So, and he is doing those things, which are important to Guardiola. And, you know, in terms of slowing the game down, last night was a bad example because they were very slow and they weren't very good at all. But there have been games where they have needed to slow the game down and he would have been very useful. Um, Like the Newcastle game, like the Villa game when they drew. Um, But yeah, but that's not to say, oh no, he's definitely been worth 100 million because he's doing that. They do want him, you know, the coaching staff, Grealish himself, they do want him to take on men, be more effective, be more aggressive to get the goals to create more chances or, you know, just be more decisive. They do want that. And that is the process. But look, everyone was saying that about Mahrez. Everyone was saying they didn't need this player. He plays in a counter-attacking team at Leicester. It's a different style. He's too individualistic. It's not going to work. You know, he's had a couple of seasons of being City's top goal scorer. He's been a like, really important part of the team. Nobody really questions his, you know, no, nobody questions his signing anymore. Nobody questions if he was worth the money. I think part of the problem with Grealish, obviously, it was 100 million. If he was 60 million, there wouldn't be quite that scrutiny. I get that. Um, but look, nobody really questions the Maris thing anymore. No, at the time when they signed Sane, everyone was like, oh, we should have bought a defender instead. Um, then he won Young Player of the Year the next season. Bernardo didn't do a lot in his first season. He's been one of City's well, best ever players, you know, best players in this Guardiola era. Um, you know, nobody hits the ground running when you come in and play up front um, for Guardiola. There's always adaptation. Um, and yeah, we're seeing that. But yeah, he does, he does have to do more, for sure. But there is stuff that is being underappreciated because yeah just because he's doing stuff differently to Villa doesn't mean it's no good but I get it everyone wants to see him beat players because he is really exciting when he does that and it is it is it is exciting when he when he goes past a man and, and makes something magic happen but you know that's not what he's got to do all the time it's just not how, it's just not how it is um, again the, the, the comments are coming in asking about um, has he has he taken on a fullback asks uh, Bruce Robbo um, 
on the outside once. Is he, is he allowed to take on full box on the outside? Is that, like, not the plan? As you say, there's a very specific plan where you create an overload on one side, put pressure on the defence, and then switch it really quickly, and loads of goals come off that. Whereas, actually, if he beats a man on the outside, nobody else is in position, and then he's done this thing on his own, and everybody's like, well, that's very good, but ultimately, you look great, and there's going to be a TikTok of that, but nobody else is in situ. I'm trying to think, it'll like, carry the ball, rather than beat a man on the outside, I'm trying to think, in my mind's eye, I'm thinking more, he'll carry it down towards the corner flag, but then, because, you know, the the other team are generally set up deep, they'll be the fullback, there might be one of the three centre-backs, or a midfielder in there, and it's kind of two against one, <clears throat> and we know Greece attacks players, um, so in my mind's eye, he's carrying the ball down towards the corner flag and then he's coming back and then he's giving it to Rodri or Cancelo for the switch. Um, I'm trying to think as well. It's just, it just seems like the, the most profitable way in terms of generating something is to carry it inside. You know, Guardiola loves that kind of inverted winger threat mm-hmm. where you go in inside towards a goal. We've seen Sterling do it, you know, try and curl one in from the edge of the box. Mares does it as well, that kind of thing. But the thing is with, with Mares or whoever plays on the right, they've got the option of somebody kind of either overlapping or underlapping them to get to the byline and then like the, the goal against Sevilla last week the first Haaland goal where Foden played the ball in behind to De Bruyne De Bruyne was running through that inside channel and he, all he had to do was square it across to Haaland they look for that all the time but they don't really do that so much on the left um, so in terms of him having to beat a man on the outside like if it was like a transition and he had space to run into he could easily run around him yeah. get around the man that way and then come back inside towards the goal but I think when you're up against a defence that's set you just you go in towards the goal, towards the goal to make things happen. If you go outside, there's not really those people there um, set up to profit the attack. There's not that attacking structure there. I don't think you know. And he's not. I think if they believed he was capable, or it was like a good bet for him to get to the line and cut the ball back with his left foot for somebody to score a tap in. I'm sure they would ask him to do it more often. Yeah. But the way the attack is structured, I'm sure it's just well, no, you you do this. You know, you 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 go inside or. Yeah, you simply you give it back to somebody else to, to pass it over to the other side. If yeah. he had the transitions, if he had more of the transitions, I'm sure it'd look it'd look much more like the people we expect him to be, the player we expect him to be. Yeah, and look, maybe as as Europe goes on and they play better teams who have more of the ball against them, there might be more opportunity for that to to happen. Can I just ask you about what's going on with Ruben Diaz because um, he looked like the standout centre back in English football over the last two or three seasons and um, seems to be fit but wasn't playing last night, even though three centre-backs did play in the back four. Is there a, has there been a falling out? Is, is the form dipped? Is he coming back from injuries or something that I'm just unaware of? Some City, some city fans have been saying that he hasn't, he's not had a, a great start to the season. I, I can't say I've noticed anything too alarming. There was a game recently and with, with, with the games being cancelled, I can't remember which one it was. Um, but he was, he was really good. Um, I... I don't know. I mean, you know, Guardiola said yesterday he had to pick pick the team with the Wolves game in mind. And that's, you know, this is the thing when we talk about individuals in the system last night. It was one of those teams where it, it just didn't quite fit together as, as, as pieces. You know what I said about the defenders not being the best on the ball and the fullbacks not not really offering any kind of width. The wingers not really offering any kind of width. It didn't really add up uh, until they, they changed the dynamic with the subs and, and needing a goal. Um, but yeah, there was an element of picking picking the team with Wolves in mind and I wonder if Diaz not playing was part of that um, giving minutes to to Ake 
because he's been good at the start of the season and then he got injured. Um, giving minutes to Akanji to bed him in in case in case they need him. You know, maybe it'll be Akanji and, and Ake at Wolves. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I doubt. I, I can't say, I can't say for sure, but I doubt very much there's been a falling out. Okay. He's like the most kind of professional up at dawn players in the whole squad. Um, no injury as far as I know. Um, it's rotation, I guess. Akanji's an interesting one, Sam, because, I mean, well, I think when he, when he arrived, he was quite... Uh, clear and confident in pointing out he doesn't want to be a fifth choice right back or centre back for, for City and even like he was quite heavily criticised at Dortmund for, for some performances in, in seasons where they kind of pushed Bayern but didn't quite get there um, like I thought he was quite like reading some of the papers this morning before we came on air and he was getting ratings of 5 out of 10 and 6 out of 10 I actually thought he was maybe a little bit good. better than that and competent mm-hmm. at the very least last night like he's probably put his hand up as someone who uh, can certainly be an option for Pep in that position yeah, for sure. Um, so he made a solid enough debut at Sevilla last week. Um, again, last night, it was the first half was just so bad. The only kind of bright spot that I thought was just Akanji was solid enough. Mm. You know, he's not especially bright in his passing so far. Guardiola says he can break the lines like the port, which would be great. He hasn't done it, he hasn't done it so far, but, you know, he's, he's just bedding in. He may be a bit, you know, tentative. Um, there wasn't the option to really pass to anybody in those, those line-breaking passes last night anyway because of the things we've already mentioned. Um, but no, I thought he was good. I mean, I, I think Haaland was his... Harland, Bellingham, I think Bellingham was his man for the goal and he kind of went napping a bit. Um, so, I mean, maybe that explains... Well, it probably does explain the, the low marking because if, if you're only... You know, if you're trying to write a million things live and you're looking up every now and again, you're not going to see him too much until he's not great for the goal. Um, but no, overall, I thought, I, thought he was, I thought he was very solid and, you know, like I said, City were bad for an hour. He was he was one of the bright spots for sure, um, and yeah, he does look like an option. But a surprise signing, you know, City don't normally make late moves in the market. Nobody, he's no, his name hadn't been around at all. Nobody was expecting it, and he come in. And again, you don't really know what to expect. You think he's going to be fifth choice, but like you say, he's he's not planning that. I don't, I don't think anybody would plan that when he go to a new club. Um, and yeah, with the injury problems they've got, he's got an opportunity there. And so far, playing in the two Champions League games, yeah, I, I think he's been. I've, I think he's been good, and I, I get the lower rating because of the you know it wasn't great for the goal, but he was one of City's best performers over the ninety minutes last night, which isn't a great deal to be fair, but he was good. Very briefly, Sam, um, did the uh, Todd Bowley idea for a, for an All Star game, North versus South? Or are you looking forward to covering this this game as a? Man City you know, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. You know, um, I know everyone hates American suggestions of, of our things. Um, like Klopp's right when would you play it like when would you play it and the idea that it would raise 200 million or you know it's similar <laughs> and the idea that they would then give that money to the football league is just laughable it's not going to happen but as a spectacle yeah why not I'd say I mean it's not it's not practical whatsoever um, but am I, would I be looking forward to, to seeing it yeah I'd watch that uh, I think people are suggesting it as an alternative to the community shield um, which again still probably doesn't work because nobody wants to give away their players when you're just about to start the season for a mad game that nobody's going to care about but yeah, I'd, I'd go to it. And look, don't tell me you wouldn't watch it. <laughs> uh, maybe the week between the end of the season and the Champions League final, so none of the players involved in the Champions League are playing, but everybody else is, you know, either about to head yeah. off to well, the I'll beach. Tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what, there's we, we've got a spare week during the between the World Cup final and Boxing Day. They can move the Carabao <laughs> Cup and they can do it. They can do it then. That'd be fine. Sam, good stuff. Great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, guys. OTB. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.